Another great week of the NFL is in the books. Welcome back to First and 30, everyone. We took a little bit of a week off because of some technical computer problems, but we are back bringing you the highest quality NFL podcast you will find anywhere on the internet. Might be a little bit biased with that one, but hey, I hope you guys certainly agree with me. So got a lot to go over. Uh, We're not going to cover two weeks. We're just going to cover last week. You guys have already, you know, we have another week of football under our belt, so we can absolutely just talk about this week. But yeah, sorry about missing last week. Just some computer issues. Had to get my computer fixed. Didn't have it for, geez, from about Tuesday when I broke it on Monday night. So didn't have it on Tuesday until Friday. So yeah, that sucked. Missed two podcasts on the Ruben C Podcast Network. But that is in the past. Let's look to the present and let's talk. Well, I guess still looking to the past. Let's talk about Monday Night Football. The Seattle Seahawks took down the Minnesota Vikings 21-7 as Kirk Cousins continues his campaign as the least clutch quarterback in the NFL. Maybe the least clutch quarterback that I think I've ever watched. The Seattle Seahawks scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. Look, the game was just so typical Seattle. You know, coming down the stretch here in December, Russell Wilson at quarterback, you know, he wasn't all that great. You know, they ran the ball 42 times, and they just outplayed the Vikings on the defensive side of the ball. I know we we give the Seahawks a lot of crap because of all the defenders that they've lost over the past couple of years, but... Man, they got a lot of guys on this defense who they're young and unproven, but any other game, you know, they just look like they're going to blow you out of the park. I mean, Bobby Wagner was fantastic last night. Trey Flowers was good as well. Shaquille Griffin was great. Two pass deflections for him. Michael Kendricks, even though I'm pretty sure he should be in jail. Not 100% sure about that, but I'm pretty sure he should be in jail. He was good as well. Five tackles on the night. Frank Clark with a sack. Jacob Martin with a sack as well. Deion Jordan got into the mix as well. Look, overall, I think the Seahawks team is scary. They're an absolute buzzsaw. The defense is great. They're running the ball incredibly well. And as of right now, they look to have kind of sealed up that number five seed in the NFC, that one wild card spot. They're eight and five going to the last three weeks of the season. So I might go ahead and give them that five seed. It's going to be an absolute gauntlet. They might have to go into Chicago to take on the Bears, who right now are sitting pretty at that three seed. But look, let, let's talk about the Vikings because this is a team that came into the season with very, very high expectations, came into the season with a really, really tough schedule as well. And Man, they've just really, they just haven't lived up to expectations. I mean, Cousins hasn't been fantastic. I mean, you know, I don't think he's the entire problem. To me, it just seems, they seem like a a team that just hasn't been able to get over the hump for four years now. I mean, there's so much talent on this team. Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, Kyle Rudolph just on the offensive line. The defense is absolutely stacked, yet it seems that whenever they go up against a good team, they completely fold. I mean, here, these are the quote-unquote good teams that they have faced this year. The Rams, the Saints, 
the Bears, the Patriots, the Seahawks, and I'll give they played the Packers twice. They lost to the Rams. They lost to the Saints. They lost to the Bears. They lost to the Patriots. They lost to the Seahawks. They tied the Packers the first time they played them, and they beat the Packers by seven points the last, the most recent time they played them three weeks ago. So the only teams they've beaten this year are teams with records of, they were below 500. The 49ers, the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Jets, and the Lions. Bad football teams. Now, I am always a believer in being able to beat bad teams. You have to be able to beat bad teams in the NFL if you want to make it to the playoffs. I'm looking at you, New England Patriots. But you got to also be able to beat elite teams. And so far, this just seems like a consistent theme over the past couple years. They haven't been able to get over the hump of the other elite teams in the NFL. We've seen in the playoffs countless times over the past couple years. The Eagles last year getting thrashed on the road in the NFC Championship game. They went into that game as a favorite, if my memory serves me correctly. But look... This Vikings team, they're about a year away from a blow it up scenario because if this core of guys isn't working, they gotta start over. I know that they have cousins for another two years with a ridiculous amount of guaranteed money, but if if after those two years they still haven't made it to a Super Bowl or hell next year they don't see any sort of improvement, they gotta blow it up. We're, we're getting to that point. Like I don't think this is a Mike Zimmer problem. I think Zimmer is one of the better head coaches in the NFL, but just seems to me that the coaching is right and the players just simply aren't playing to their best standards. I don't know why, I don't know how, but this Vikings team is in big, big trouble. So that was first and five. Let's go to first and ten. Let's talk about the miracle in Miami. Let's talk about that Patriots game because I've had to go through another, you know, full Twitter week of everyone telling me that the Patriots suck and blah, blah, blah. I got my best friend, Andrew Primavera, texting me, oh, the Patriots intimidation factor is gone. Look, the Pats were seven seconds away from being a 10-3 team going into Pittsburgh next week, sitting pretty as a number two seed in the AFC. But now, guys, when you have a franchise like the New England Patriots and something like this happens, the proper way that teams usually respond to these situations, it makes them angry. It pisses them off that all season long, they have gotten so outrageously unlucky on the road this year. Just they've caught teams at the wrong time. Teams, as usual, are using their games as their personal Super Bowls. This happens every single year and every single year after one of these losses we have to go through this whole crap news cycle about all oh, the Patriots suck this is the year the dynasty falls look at the teams that have beaten them this year and looks what look was what happened to them after those games the Jaguars second game of the year Saxonville takes down the Patriots 31 to 20 yeah the Jacksonville Jaguars have now been one of the worst teams in football this year as have the Detroit Lions. The Titans beat the Patriots 34-10 at home. Huge game for the Titans. Going to propel them into the rest of the season. Yes, yeah, since that game, they've gone 2-2 two and two and have lost to the Colts and Texans in their division. Big deal. Look, if anything, I would not be surprised if this Dolphins-Patriots game sparked the Patriots for the rest of the season. Because look at this game. 
On the offensive side of the ball, the Patriots completely came back to life after not being able to score points over the last, what, three weeks? Brady was great, 27-43, 358, and three touchdowns. He wasn't great in the second half, but he was fine overall. Look at what the rest of the team did. Rob Gronkowski, eight catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Josh Gordon, five catches for 96 yards. Edelman, nine catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Cordell Patterson, two catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. This team still, I say this every single week, stop worrying about this team going forward. Just stop. I don't care what they perform like against bad teams. I really don't. Honestly, this Patriots team is allowed to have some bad games against bad teams. Sure, they've sucked on the road this year. They absolutely have. But look at the good teams that they have played this year. They beat the Texans in week one. They beat the Colts in week five. They beat the Chiefs in week six. They beat the Bears in week seven. They beat the Packers in week nine. And they beat the Vikings two weeks ago. Now they, they're going into Pittsburgh, who I don't think people are talking enough about about how much of a disaster that team has been this year. It's all about, oh, Patriots lose on a miracle play in Miami. The season's over. Give the AFC to the Chiefs already. Look. Every single year, we go through the same thing over and over and over and over again. The Patriots right now are 9-4. and four. They are first in the AFC East. They're the number two seed in the AFC. The only thing that that loss to Miami really gave them was basically takes out all chances of them getting the one seed. They just probably aren't going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which isn't great because I'd rather play the Chiefs in Foxborough than in Kansas City, but I know it's a new quarterback, but it's not like the Chiefs have been ferocious in Kansas City in the playoffs over the past couple of years. If my memory serves me correctly, didn't they lose to the Titans last year? I know, again, I know it's a different quarterback and a different football team, but they added Patrick Mahomes and they lost Kareem Hunt. So I'm not, you know, we'll get to the AFC a little bit later, but overall, Stop worrying about them. If the Patriots lose to the Steelers this week on the road, I will be more concerned. But if they can go into Pittsburgh and beat them in a primetime football game, then I don't care. Who cares if they lost to the Dolphins a week before or Jacksonville and Detroit in weeks two or three? This is December. If they beat Pittsburgh next week, none of it matters. Again, my prediction for this Patriots team coming into the season, as I've said every single week on this podcast, was 12-4. and four. Right now, they are 9-4, which means they have four losses. In order to reach a 12-4 record, guess what, guys? You're going to have to lose four games along the way. Isn't that funny how that works when you guess how many losses a team is going to have and then they have that many losses and you're not surprised? Look, I never thought this team was going to go 14-2. This team was never going to be that good. But... If you didn't think this team was going to at least go 11-5 or 12-4, win the division, and be a 2-3 or C in the AFC, that's what this team was always going to be. Regular season games matter less after you've been winning them consistently for 20-some-odd years. So again, relax about the Patriots. Say this out there every single week. Wait for them in the playoffs. Wait till a team has to come into Foxborough in January. And again, not to mention, the AFC is an absolute mess. And that's going to take us into first and fifth team. Because I want to talk about just kind of where we are in terms of the playoff picture. I did this two weeks ago on our last first and 30, and I'll do it again today. Let's just look at where the AFC sits right now. We'll start with the AFC, then we'll go to the NFC afterwards. So, still have the Chiefs in the number one seed. Uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that, that Patrick Mahomes so far this year had struggled in, you know, big late game situations. 
You know, he struggled against uh, the Patriots, struggled against the Rams. He showed up against the Ravens, who had his number all day long, and he was great in the fourth quarter to lead the Chiefs to a victory. Great play on a couple fourth downs at the end of that game to keep the Chiefs alive. Now, the Chargers are still on their tail, but this Thursday, Chargers-Chiefs on Thursday Night Football, that could be the clincher for the Chiefs, so that one seed, and also for the AFC West in general. So I like where the Chiefs are at right now. It's just, again, in terms of where we are in a playoff hunt, I'm still not. If you're a Patriots fan or, or, or a Steelers fan, I don't think you should be afraid of the Chiefs in the playoffs right now. There's no reason to. The only two, three, or three people on that entire football team who scare me, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. Now, those three players are really, really good. But for all the talk this year about how bad the Steelers' defense has been and how bad the Patriots' defense have been, the Chiefs' defense might be the worst in football. It is absolutely awful. Terrible. They have nobody good on the defensive side of the ball. Eric Berry can come back, and I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. Their pass rush is nice. Their front four is pretty good, but the rest of their defense is a disaster. Their secondary is awful. Awful. Absolutely terrible. So, I would not be afraid of the Chiefs or going into Kansas City if I'm any team in the AFC. That team is different without Kareem Hunt. We've seen in the past two weeks now, they've looked incredibly vulnerable without Kareem Hunt on this team. So keep your eye out for the Chiefs in the AFC because they got a big game coming up on Thursday against the Chargers. With Melvin Gordon, by the way, coming back. The Chiefs are the worst run defense in football. Here comes one of the best running backs in football. I don't know. I think the Chiefs could be in a little bit of trouble. Let's talk about the rest of the AFC. Patriots at the 2C, Texans at the 3C, Steelers at the 4, and as we said, the Chargers and the Ravens are your two wildcard teams. The AFC this year, it's so much fun. It is an absolute pillow fight. Again. Again, another pillow fight in the AFC. The Texans, is there, is there a team in NFL history who had as big of a win streak as the Texans did who just nobody was ever convinced that they were actually good? I don't think I've talked to a single person who thought that the Texans were actually going to be a threat this year. Because if you look at the teams that they beat, I'm going to list off their win streak. Here are the teams that the Texans beat on their win streak. At the Colts, home against the Cowboys, home against the Bills, at the Jags, home against the Dolphins, at Denver, at the Redskins, home against the Titans, home against the Browns, and they lost last week against the Colts. The only good wins on that list are in Denver, which they won by two, and if my memory serves me correctly, they won actually won me, I think $200 was how much that kick ended up making me. And I guess the, the win against the Cowboys is nice also, but that was also that ridiculous primetime game where Jason Garrett put up one of the worst coaching performances I think I've ever seen. So excuse me if I'm not convinced about the Houston Texans at this point in the season or just in general. I mean, I just think they're going to fold like they usually do down the stretch. Same thing with the Chargers. And honestly, guys, this Pittsburgh Steelers team is bad. This might be one of the worst Pittsburgh Steelers teams that we have seen in a very, very long time. The defense is atrocious. Big Ben looks terrible. James Conner has severely, severely taken a step back over the past couple weeks of the season. Now he's injured. They can't run the ball. It's it, it. I think we're seeing a little bit of a collapse here from the Steelers. They've lost three in a row, capitalized by a 
horrifying loss to the Oakland Raiders on the road last week when Chris Boswell totally whiffed on the last second field goal. He just whiffed. He slipped on the field. That was so funny. But, you know, I think you look at the rest of the AFC, you see the Patriots there as well. You have the Chargers at the five and the six seed. I think if you're a Patriots fan right now, you still have to be worried about the playoffs. You do. Just because the defense has been terrible this year. Terrible. It's been absolutely awful. And Brady's looked a little bit off. He has. He hasn't been superhero Brady like he usually has. I mean, his stats are way down this year. His quarterback rating is down. He's usually one of the best quarterbacks year in and year out against the Blitz. And he has been terrible this year against the Blitz. He's actually been the worst quarterback in the NFL when Blitz this season. So I don't like that. That, for me, teams Blitz more often in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. So that definitely worries me. But I think also with the wild cards this year, we could end up with some really fun matchups in the AFC. I mean, we could end up with Chargers, Steelers, and Ravens, Texans in the first round of the playoffs. That could be fun. I do like our two wild card teams this year. I know it's the Chargers, and they'll probably just charger the hell out of this, but they're actually a really good team, and they're going to end up having. I'm pretty sure as of right now, they have the second best record in the AFC, but they're sitting as a wild card. This is their biggest game in. I can't even. I don't even remember how long they have a victory. They have a big game against the Chiefs on Thursday night. They could win the AFC West and possibly get the number one overall seed in the whole conference if they win that game. So they're going to lose. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. Because just you know, typical Chargers. Whenever they get into these situations, they always fall. And then the Ravens. Look, th- this story with Lamar, Ma- Lamar Jackson. Excuse me, is absolutely spectacular. I love what I'm seeing from Lamar. He's the exact quarterback I thought he was going to be. He's the best athlete on the field. Every single time he's out there, he just can't really throw the ball. And I think we finally saw that deficiency really hurt him against the Chiefs. He missed a lot of open guys that would have broken that game open for the Ravens. So keep an eye out for for the Ravens and the Chargers in the AFC. But right now, I still think the Patriots run that conference. Like, excuse me if I'm not afraid of a Chiefs team who can't run the ball now. And I'm not. I'm never going to be afraid of the Texans in the playoffs until they prove to me otherwise. Deshaun Watson's a really fun quarterback, and I'm you know I'm super pumped about you know what what they're trying to pull over there. But as of right now, I just don't see them winning a playoff game in Foxborough or even in Kansas City against Patrick Mahomes. Let's jump to the NFC because it is an absolute buzzsaw. I talked about how the AFC is kind of a pillow fight this year. The NFC is anything but. The Saints, you know, they might have peaked a little bit too early, but the Saints are still absolutely ridiculous. The Rams are still absolutely ridiculous. The Bears and the Cowboys are proving this year to be the two best defenses in the NFC coming down the stretch, and I would not. I would not want to have to travel to Chicago in the cold in January to face that Bears defense. I am not a believer in Mitchell Trubisky. I don't even think it matters. That Bears defense can win playoff games for them by themselves. They remind me a lot of the old Giants teams that gave the Patriots fits in those Super Bowls. I think this Bears team could go on a run if they get, if that running game gets hot. Because if Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen start going down the end of the season and they're able to keep the defense's performance where it's been at for the rest of the year... This Bears team is going to be absolutely horrifying to play in the playoffs. The Dallas Cowboys sitting at the four seed. You know, 
I'm not going to admit that I was extremely wrong about the Cowboys. Look, they've won five straight. They've run away with the AFC East. My only thing with the Cowboys is that the division around them has completely fallen apart. I mean, there's no other legitimate contender in the AFC, in the NFC East right now besides the Cowboys. I mean, the Redskins, you know, everything's going wrong for them. All the injuries to the offensive line and the quarterback, that's taken them out of the hunt. The Eagles, the fearless Doug Peterson Eagles, they've been a complete disaster this year. And, you know, we already know about the New York football Giants. So it's not a huge surprise to me that the Cowboys have run away with the division. It was a big surprise to me that they beat the Saints the other night, 13 to 10. But again, you know, Thursday night football is kind of weird. So I wonder what will happen if these two teams end up facing off in New Orleans next time. Because that was a home game for the Cowboys. And they've been quite good at home. So I wonder if we'll see something a little bit different if they have to travel to the to the Dome down there in New Orleans. So let's finish up the NFC real quick because I've gone way too long on our, uh, our play and picture segment right now. So looking at the wild card for the NFC... Right now, the Seahawks and the Vikings are still somehow the sixth seed. Uh, the Panthers, the Eagles, the Redskins, you know, they're six and seven right now, still in the hunt for a playoff seed. But, like, the Vikings still might make the playoffs, which is hilarious. But, again, like we talked about before with the Seahawks taking on the Vikings, I just don't think anybody is scared of them. Neither should they be. But, hey, I'm actually afraid of the Seahawks team. They can control the clock with their running game, and they can also control the tempo of any game with that defense. So, going on the road, I'm not as confident in them to steal a playoff game. But, you know, this is Seahawks team. You know, a lot of playoff experience with that coaching staff and with that quarterback, man. Never doubt Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is officially in my pantheon of guys I'm just never going to doubt. Whenever he's on the football field, I'm just going to be convinced I'm just going to be convinced that the Seahawks are going to win. Let's go to first and 20. Let's talk about the Cowboys a little bit more. I talked about them, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago, talking about, you know, what their schedule looked like over the past couple weeks and where they're going in general. I think a lot of it has to do with the improved play of Dak Prescott. He's been so much better since they've gotten Amari Cooper. Surprise, you give a quarterback an actual weapon to throw to, and he's able to throw the ball to him. So Cooper's been fantastic for them since he's come over. I mean, he had 200 yards last week, a couple touchdowns as well against the Eagles. He looks like the guy that the Raiders drafted, you know, in the top 10 out of Alabama. This is the guy who we always thought that Amari Cooper was going to end up being. And if he can be this guy for years to come for the Cowboys, they have a great young three in their offense to build around in Dak, Zeke, and Amari. So good for them being able to put them all together. Cool. You know, kind of like the Drug Enforcement Agency, Dak, Zeke, and Amari. Or I guess it would be the DZA, but he's Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know. I'm going to call them DEA. And so far, they've been fantastic. And I, I'm hopeful for them in the playoffs. I think they're going to win the first round game at home, only to get thrashed on the road against the Rams or the, the, uh, the Saints, depending on how the playoff matchups work out. But overall, this Cowboys team has taken a step forward since I called them out a couple weeks ago when they lost to the Titans. I mean, look... This Cowboys team was fighting for their lives. Not just their playoff lives. The coaching staff was fighting for their lives. Dak Prescott, if he did not go on this big win streak, I question if they would have given him that big contract. Now, it would be surprising if they don't give it to him, despite the fact that he still only gets 17 touchdowns this year and a quarterback rating of 53.8. Look, this Cowboys team is hot right now. And being hot is always good, especially this time of year when you're trying to make it to the playoffs and make it down the stretch. But let's not forget 
who this Cowboys team was before this win streak. They were a 3-5 football team with one of the most maligned coaching staffs in the NFL, a quarterback that couldn't get it done, and a running back who couldn't do everything by himself. Amari has changed things for sure, and it's great to see this team finally you know, live up to the potential that people thought they were going to have coming into this year. But I am not convinced quite yet. They have a they have a pillow fight uh, division in the NFC East. They don't have a single other 500 team in their entire division. The Eagles suck. The Redskins suck. And so do the Giants. Giants actually have a chance to steal this division at 8-8 eight and eight if the Cowboys falter here in the last three games of the year and the Giants win out, which is hilarious. But overall, good for the Cowboys for making a comeback. Good for Mark Cooper for kind of reigniting his career these past couple games. And also, man, you know, shouts to Jason Garrett. He's actually coached a couple nice games over the past couple weeks. That Saints, that Saints game that they won a Thursday night. You know, maybe the Saints just like were just cold from Thanksgiving. I'm not really sure, but whatever it was, good for the Cowboys for trying to reignite their season. Let's go to first and twenty-five. It's a topic that I've actually wanted to cover over the past couple weeks, and I'm happy I got to do now. Every single year, it seems that we have one team that really ends up dominating. You know, we, we have a, you know, the, the best team in the NFL. For a long time, you know, this year, we kind of shuffled between three teams. You know, first it was, you know, first it was the Chiefs, then it was the Rams, then it was the Saints. Now, now the issue is, is that we don't really have one. We don't really have a best team in the NFL. I mean, last year, for sure, it was the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles and the Patriots were going back and forth over who was the best team in the NFL. You know, back in 2016, you know, the Patriots were running away from things. They were 14-2. and two. They were an absolute world beater. You know, back in 2015, you know, same concept. Patriots were good. They were 12-4, and four, but the Panthers were 15-1 that year, and they really ran away with things. You know, they ended up going against the, uh, the Broncos in the Super Bowl. But this year... It's just kind of like we have more we have more tiers of teams. Now, the tier one of NFL teams this year has been the Chiefs, the Saints, and the Rams. Tier two has been the Patriots. They'll throw the Bears in there as well as tier two teams. Or not the Steelers, excuse me, the, the, the Texans and the Chargers as tier two teams. Tier three, you got your Ravens and your Steelers and your Vikings and your Panthers and Seahawks. So a bunch of teams that have been kind of separating themselves into tiers, but we have not seen one team really run away with it. And that's one of the reasons why I think the playoffs this year are going to be so electric. Every single year we go into the playoffs and it's pretty clear who is going to go to the Super Bowl in both conferences? It's pretty clear. I mean, last year was clear it was going to be the Patriots and the Eagles. It was clear from the first snap of the playoffs who is going to end up being our Super Bowl contenders. I remember this like the light of day. But this year, both conferences are so competitive from you know one to six that any team could end up in the Super Bowl. I mean, the Ravens could end up as, as the team of the Super Bowl this year if Lamar Jackson stays hot and that defense starts beating up on Tom Brady and Big Ben in the playoffs. The Ravens could easily make it to the to the Super Bowl if they go on another crazy John Harbaugh run. And you look at the NFC. The Seahawks could make a run. They still may be the best quarterback in the conference in Russell Wilson. I know that Drew Brees is there, and I know that Jared Goff is there, but are we really going to doubt Russell Westbrook in the uh, Russell Westbrook Russell Wilson in the playoffs? They, you know, I don't think calling Russell Wilson the best quarterback in the NFC right now is anything over the top. He's been outstanding since week two. I'm pretty sure he is the best quarterback rating in the NFL since week two. This 
this year's playoffs, and I think I said this two weeks ago, these are going to be the best NFL playoffs that we have had in a very, very long time. The play on the field this year has been fantastic. The teams all have incredible storylines. We have some rivalries. We have multiple teams that played each other already this year who are going to play each other again. We'll probably get Chiefs-Patriots again. We'll definitely get or hopefully get Rams-Saints again. Maybe in the Super Bowl, we'll get Chiefs and the Rams again like we had that Monday Night Football game. Either or... We're going to have some fantastic matchups in the playoffs this year. Credit to the NFL for trying to shape the, the, the rules and how officials call the games this year so that it's a little bit more attractive to watch. We've had some brutal games in terms of watchability, but you'll always have those. I mean, you'll always have the extremes of great games to watch and horrible games. It's just That's just the nat- nature of averages. But overall... We are going to have a really fun playoff season, and and I'm I'm pumped to see you know how the AFC turns out with the Chargers and the the Texans, and how they all match up against the Chiefs and the Patriots like last year. I'm excited to see Drew Brees getting you know the number one seed, maybe home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and how the Saints deal with that. I'm excited to see you know what we're going to get out of the wild cards this year. This is a great year for the NFL playoffs, and it's because we don't have an elite number one team. We have a bunch of really, really, really good teams, but we don't have a certifiable best team in the NFL. And that could absolutely change. We still have three weeks of football left to play. I mean, the Saints, the Rams, and the Chiefs could absolutely run away with the NFL over the next three weeks and be hot going into the playoffs. But we could also see the Bears go on a three-game winning streak to end the season, end up 12-4. and four. They end up going into the, the playoffs hot. I mean, the Bears right now are tied with the Rams in point differential in the NFC. You could have the Patriots get hot for the next three weeks and take control of the AFC if the Chiefs falter a little bit. There's so many different things that can end up happening over the next three weeks. I don't remember a time where I've been this excited to watch the NFL at least end the year. I hate Saturday football. I am pumped to see how the rest of the season is going to turn out. And I think, you know, I hope you guys join with us, you know, on first and 30 for the rest of the year. And obviously into the playoffs, we will have a couple of very special playoffs episodes for you guys as the year goes on. So let's get into first and 30, make some picks for this week. And then we'll let you guys go into the rest of your week before we join you again tomorrow for another podcast here on the Rude Scene Podcast Network as we now go from a twice-a-week podcast to a daily podcast here on the Rude Scene Podcast Network. Tomorrow we launch our new Celtics podcast. And then on Thursday, I'm going to keep that a little bit of a secret for all of uh, you at home. So let's go to first and 30. Let's start with our picks. I'm going to take the Texans at minus six. I really like that line. I think the Texans are, you know, going to come out firing this week. You know, they got the Saturday 4:30 game against the Jets. They just lost their trap game against the Colts at home. Now they're going up against, you know, the, a Jets team that sucks on the road. I like that six-point spread. I think the Texans are absolutely going to cover. So give me them at minus six. Give me the Chargers at plus three and a half. I think the Chargers are either going to win this game or keep it really, really close. Mostly because they actually have a run game. And fun fact, if you have against the Chiefs and you have a legitimate running game, you're going to be pretty successful. So I'm going to take Melvin Gordon and the Chargers in this game at plus three and a half. I think they'll win or they'll keep it close. And then my last pick for the week, I'm going to take the Rams at minus nine. They have the Eagles this week in L.A. on Sunday Night Football. This Eagles team is an absolute disaster. It'll be a miracle if they even end up end the season at 8-8. Eight and eight. One of the worst comeback seasons for any Super Bowl champion in recent memory. I think 
the fall for them is going to be completed against the Rams when they absolutely blow them out on Sunday Night Football. I think they're going to win by 25, maybe 30 on Sunday night. So those are my picks this week. Give me the Texans at minus six. Give me the Chargers at plus three and a half. And give me the Rams at minus nine. That's going to do for first and 30 this week. Thank you guys for joining us. Again, sorry that we missed it last week with those computer problems. But we'll be back tomorrow with our debut of the Hanging Banner 18 Celtics podcast. I'm pumped forward. I've been waiting to start this for the past couple of weeks. I'll have another announcement as well as to who will be hosting that podcast. So stay tuned and thanks for listening.